Hey everyone, Jason Torchinski here. And first, thanks for listening. Second, thanks to our new sponsor, Marble. Marble? We got we got a rock to sponsor our podcast? <laughs> no, David. Marble with a capital M. It's the only all-in-one app for managing your insurance policies and getting rewarded for it. Okay, all right. Well, I have a bunch of cars that I think they're all probably insured, so this could help. Probably not, but Marble's great. It's fast and it's easy to set up as it'll put all of your different insurance policies in one place for you. It's free, which we love around here, being cheapskates, and it will automatically alert you if your rates are going to increase, probably with some kind of really loud sound. Once you set it up, you don't have to do anything as it does it for you, like a robot trained to monitor insurance. And you get marbles, which you can redeem for rewards or use to donate to charity. A marble spewing robot. Whew, that sounds great. How many marbles did you get from it? I got, let's see, two, 900 marbles. Uh, what do you do with that many marbles? I just put them all on a Target gift card. Okay, what'd you do at Target? What'd you get? I got a big uh, crap load of Hot Wheels. I assume for uh, your child? Yeah, yeah, sure, for my child. Mm, okay, well, anyway, um, okay, that sounds good. I like Hot Wheels. Uh, where do I sign up? So you just go to joinmarble.co slash Autopian and you start adding your policies. And not only will you be supporting this podcast, you will also get rewarded just for being a real adult and keeping on top of your insurance. Joinmarble.co slash Autopian, is that right? Yes, David. That's joinmarble.co slash Autopian. Welcome to the Autopian Podcast. We are here in Hot Rod slash Custom Heaven with legendary builder Dave Shutton. I'm going to let Bo Bachman make the full intro because this is your world. Well, here we are. This is really a lot of fun to be home here at the Galpin Speed Shop. We're among, I think, the most amazing cars in the world and with the most amazing car builder in the world, Dave Shutton. So uh, uh, Dave and I have worked together for now uh, many years. I don't even remember how many, but uh, a good amount. Uh, we've had the pleasure of building and working on some of the most historic cars in the world. And uh, Dave, welcome to our Autopian podcast. Yeah, thanks for thanks. coming out. Fun to have you. So, you know, right away, people want to hear about the most famous cars, like the one behind me. What are we looking at here? The Batmobile? The Bat... I, I may have heard of it. It may be the most fa famous custom car of all time. And uh, why don't you tell us, how, how did we get to know the Barrises? How did you get to know uh, the Barris family? I first met George Barris when I was unveiling a car at the Detroit Autorama about 25 years ago, maybe more. And uh, it was really cool because he came up and was like, wow, this is really great. He goes, who did this? And I was like, I did this. What wow. was that car, by the way? I honestly don't remember. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. I don't. Wow. It seems like a big. No, car. I don't. Now, do you knew who George was? But I obviously knew. Were who you a little George starstruck? Was. I was. I was very starstruck. Cool. Yeah. And uh, it was like, I don't know. It was an instant, really good friendship. You know, for a lot of years, shows all over the world, basically yeah. together and. A lot of how much time have you spent behind the wheel of the Batmobile here? Probably more than anybody besides uh, George and Adam West. Uh, probably on par with Adam West. I'm yeah, yeah. sure he wouldn't sit there a long time. Yeah, well, the and this rule is, was, yeah. if you remember, I don't know if you remember because I, I wouldn't even let you drive it. The rule <laughs> That's was true. George said only I could drive the Batmobile uh, if Tony wasn't around. Uh -huh. It was our other friend Tony Wood who passed away recently. So. Uh, the best story I have for the Batmobile is in Batmobile number one, which was built from the Lincoln Futura. Right, the show car, right. Uh, which was the concept Lincoln, you know, the, probably yeah. the most beautiful concept car of all time. Sold for four and a half million. Yeah, and, and worth it, by the way, I think. Well, at that actual auction, uh, if you, I don't know if you remember, but we, we were. We're having a lot of fun there. We I were, do remember that. 
we were we were having some drinks and we were having some fun and I had been having those drinks and fun for a couple of days and then George came up and said he wanted me to drive the Batmobile in to the <laughs> auction. Oof. So I got in the car and instantly spilled my vodka all over the console <laughs> and still had the cup between my legs when I drove it up the ramp before it's open. Oh, I love this. It's just coming out it's now. It's clear liquor, though. So, I mean, there's worse things you could have spilled. Yeah, it was pretty good. But it was like that was a really I don't like to use the word epic very much. Well, that was a, that, but that was an epic. It night. really was an epic moment. And, you know, we were there together and I remember. Uh, when we were interviewing George, now this is before he's literally selling his baby, right? Yeah. And, you know, George Barris was one of the most um, dynamic, outgoing, I mean, just, you know, he's just he's George Barris, right? So he was so quiet. So we're doing this interview with him, and he's getting, like, really serious and emotional and, and tearful and talking about, you know, uh, you know, the history of the car and, you know, can't believe he's selling it and he's, you know, wondering, you know, what it's going to bring and all of this. And then in typical George Bear style, I get out there, the crowd's going nuts and he, ah, I just goes completely out. And from then on, it was a shit show. I have never seen more energy in an auction in all of my life. Whoa. No, and never. the two bidders were sitting actually like a seat apart from oh. each other at the auction and you know they're going up you know half a million dollars at a time just absolutely crazy and uh yeah ultimately ended at a little over four million four and a half million and uh didn't what they a flip night. a coin just to end the auction i really? think that's what happened i think they finally got to the point where they weren't going to give up and let's just get this over with yeah Holy too crap. bad they were sitting so i remember because <laughs> i saw that whole thing from the stage because i was up there right next to the car the entire time yeah and i was above and, and then i came down it was it weird it was just bananas the, the audience was wild so okay wait, well we so dominated history it, though of yeah. how did it go from the lincoln futura show car to the batmobile was it actually, oh i know this yeah okay yeah so, so george actually went to uh, detroit yeah and was at ford motor company and what year would this have been? and this would have been 50 no he bought that late Probably 59 or 60. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So they built the show car after the show. They yep, and okay. he was back at Ford, and it was literally parked, you know, yeah. just in a corner like Ford would. And he goes, what's that? And I'm like, ah, mm -hmm. and we're just going to crush it. He goes, well, sure, I'll buy it. And they said, okay, you can have it for a dollar. Really? Yeah. One dollar. Did he buy it just because he was interested, or was he, did he already know he's going to have to turn it into a Batmobile? That was a few years down the road, though, right? I think he bought it ahead of time, actually, because... Yeah. For years, why would you buy it for a dollar? I mean, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Robert Williams has told me many times that him and Suzanne would go look at that car, and it was just sitting there oh, painted no red behind the the shop oh, when they lived cool. in Hollywood. So he said it was there a long time before it became the Batmobile, uh, really? which would have been '66. Yeah, right. Because that's so, a good chunk of time. Yeah. So uh, you know, changing subjects for a second. Uh, uh, David, you're you're in Detroit now. You, yep. You're used to having property and working on your own cars. Yeah. Uh, Dave, you were in a similar situation <laughs> and moved to Los Angeles. And uh, well, where where'd you start when it came when it came to fixing cars? You're. The where did I live when I first started building? Yeah, and what kind of stuff were you working on? Uh, so the very first car I ever built and painted was my father's demolition derby car. Oh, wow. And I think it was a 72 Cutlass wagon. Now, he take you along on the demolition derbies? Tell you to hold the wheel and, and the door <laughs> shut and stuff no, like that? No, he wouldn't. No. Um, so what I does that build? two cars for him. Oh, that's cool. When I was How a kid, I was uh, 10 or 11. <laughs> I thought he was going to say 15 or something. Yeah. No, I built my first car for myself at 15. But what no, was that car? That was a 66 Impala Super Sport. Wow. Cool. So your dad was a demolition derby racer? What else did he do? Uh, my dad actually used to run a service station in Woodward. Oh, wow. A standard station in the 60s up until the riots. Then they left and moved oh, wow. to the city. And he always did, like, with demo derbies? Did he do other kind of, like, dirt track no, stuff? No, he always just had... Bullshit. So how did you get like, I mean, how did you get an interesting cars at 10 or 11? How did, I mean, your dad I mean, obviously dad, yeah, uh, being there, but there had to be a spark in you that said, oh, that's the thing. I, I sort of think it was three things sort of all smushed together. Um, Hot Wheels were a huge part yeah. of my childhood along with plastic models. Right. Um, because we didn't have internet. We didn't have shit to do. We had to make things with <laughs> our hands. 
and the the third thing was the indoor car shows the big indoor car mm, shows yeah. where i saw you know that as a kid and that yeah. as a kid and all of these things and it just sort of blew my mind and there was a point in time where i really wanted to be just an artist and i started going to school just to be an artist and then i started i always was working on cars though the whole time and i somehow ended up at one point merging those two things into one thing and you're going to be a sculptor is that what you're looking into uh no an illustrator actually an illustrator oh wow so well the two of you have uh art uh, backgrounds a little bit here the two the two art guys yeah and who did you who did you like as an artist or illustrator like who was exciting giger was my favorite oh sure yeah he turned out yeah that guy's amazing have there been uh somebody must have made a hot rod based on his look stuff really feels like there's a Somebody should maybe. I mean, there's there's been some really great movie vehicles, sure. you know, with the movie Alien and of all course. those different things. Yeah. That they've used some really great things, you know. But I mean, like do. the classic Giger, like you know, all the tubes and eyeballs and things. And yeah, that. I don't know. I don't see the translation. I don't uh, like. I don't. I wouldn't do that. But there's a whole Giger museum I, they're dying to go to yes. with the the bar and the, right? the, yes. the, yeah. the tubes. Yeah, I yeah. Will, I will be there soon. You will. Yeah. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. So, so you, you always see pictures. So you always look at cars through an, an artist's lens, right? Hundred percent. See, that's different than than most people in De- you know Detroit Motor City. Correct. People like me who honestly, you know, there are lots of engineers there. People who like to replace parts and you know swap engines and mm-hmm. are more focused on the mechanical side of things right but you came at it from an art standpoint which is probably made you one of few among your peers back then right everyone thought i was nuts <laughs> which is crazy because detroit should understand cars are rolling sculpture they had design departments they had show cars like that should be in well in the in the world that I had you know really worked in through the be the biggest part of that of my life I was a, a tool maker for General Motors oh, and okay. then you know everybody at those plants like their idea of hobbies were like hunting and fishing and camping and like right. all the things that I can't even imagine I could never wasting imagine time doing, doing. Yeah. like I just it makes no sense to me so <laughs> um, we had grocery stores in Michigan like I don't I don't know anyways you don't have to do that <laughs> you don't have to kill your yeah, yeah. Um, but they they were always trying to figure out what was wrong with me like all the, the weird stuff that I was doing or building and I, I had access to a lot of great machines when I worked there so yeah you know at lunchtime they're all playing like cards and I'm over like machining stuff to take home and put on my aura yeah that's very what, cool. what were your what, what were your early hot rods like what do they look like what are some things that you did differently that people looked at and they were like why are you doing that I remember I really, the first car I ever got in a magazine was uh, a Big Bad Green 69 AMX. Oh, oh cool. AMX. Wow. That's a very good cool. That's a cool That piece. I put a ZL1 427 Chevy in wow. because AMC motors weren't that fast. That's funny. David, uh, David would agree with you on that. He has a big problem with the AMC V8. I got a bit. <laughs> oh yes. Mm, yeah. Ended in a threat. Um, what, visually, what did you do? Do not criticize that. No, Nothing. I just made it into a... Well, the big, bad green cars only came one way. Yeah. So, and this one had a go pack, so it had the go stripes. I added a super stock scoop because the engine literally would not fit under the hood. And that was it. Huh. Um, I loved that car, though, actually. It's a very cool car. You love the American Motors, I've noticed. Yeah. I like them because they were the underdog. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they had some really really fantastic designs designs totally absolutely great. pacer i love the pacer design i'm i'm actually looking at a big bad orange javelin really right yeah, now cool a roof spoiler yeah Ooh, dick cool. t man he was a great designer like, yeah. he had great looking stuff i think well they're concepts yeah um i have one customer that swears she's gonna let me build that gremlin concept car a little van out of one the, uh, no 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 that's the pacer pacer or, x or yeah they called it yeah yeah that thing was cool no the gremlin is basically uh it has from the doors forward is an AMX, and from the back it's a Gremlin. Oh, that's cool. It's yeah. it's it's exceptional. Well, if they would have made that, it probably would have hurt the vet. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That would so, be fun to make then. Mm-hmm. Oh, super cool. Yeah. yeah. I will um, uh, just briefly. I want to show you this. Um, Mark Allen, lead designer for Jeep, mm-hmm. took a Javelin and modified it, made it his own. My buddy built that car. Really? Really? Yeah. 
Bill and Autumn in Michigan. Oh, really? Yeah. Right on. That's a very cool car. It's mm -hmm. freaking awesome. Yeah. Uh, of course, Dave uh, knows who that. Now, Dave <laughs> and I met from uh, him building a perfect replica of Big Daddy Roth's Mysterian. Oh, yeah. And I was a huge, or am a huge Roth fan, sure. obviously, and mm -hmm. uh, that's how we met. So how did you build that car, Dave? Well, I initially bought the started version from Mark Moriarty. And when I drug it from Minnesota back to Michigan, I you know, found out that there was a lot of things that, well, they didn't, they didn't try to build the car with all of the things. Mm -hmm. They only tried to do a couple things. So, you know, I basically started over as I do with every, yes. every stupid thing. That's actually not the one I built. That's the one oh. that oh. another guy built what is, um, okay. that took him like 20 years. <laughs> and when he finished it, everybody told him how good of a job I did. So he sold it. Jeez. <laughs> oh. Man. The one right there with the back facing you is mine. That's the this one here? Uh, the no. yellow uh, one. Oh, this diagonal. one. This one, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, one above it. That right there. Yeah, that that's me. That's, that's actually one. taken Whoa. in the back lot of the GM plant that I worked at. Those are all the scrap guns from the press runoff. Oh, the I love that lights. car. Wait, you, you did this while you worked it? Yeah, I made half the parts in that plant. Amazing. How do you make oh, the dough? I even, I even uh, used, back at the time, we had a CMM machine, which is very common now, but... 20 years ago, there were nowhere. And I took the bubble from the model kit and scanned it and plotted it. What? And oh. made a tool and blew the bubble. And that's how you made the dome from yeah. the original model kit. Now that fits because all of these cars, or not all, but most were made in parallel with the model kits, right? They were kind of made. No, they were made into a car and then model Roth would there. deliver them to Ravel Studios. Ah. And they would spend two days measuring everything mm. and drawing it. And, so they were uh, pretty accurate. Blueprints. And yeah. they, were, they were quite accurate. The Mysterian is widely regarded as the hardest model kit to make ever. Looks like it. It's really? So that, that's what allowed you to take the model and back, use it mm -hmm. to back you know calculate. Because you know it was measured. It was yeah. scaled from, from the original. Oh, wow. So you're, you're, the model kit. Yeah, it like <laughs> so cool. yeah, so you're building this using GM uh, equipment and, and... To a point. I mean, most of it was built at home in my garage, but... The you know I didn't have a lot of the crazy equipment at the time at home That's to make amazing. all that stuff, but the body was all sculpted out of plaster and hand laid glass. The the yeah. frame is made out of stainless steel instead of um, chrome steel right. because the hydrogen embrittlement, which still it still fucking broke after yeah. after a bunch of years dragged around back and forth across the country because the FEs are really heavy. So and, the, and the real Mysteria, the only one that yeah. has mysteriously disappeared and never reappeared. Really? So, yes. Yeah, they still is. don't know where it is. Wow. Well, I know Jack Walker was the last known owner of the body and the nose. Oh. And he traded it to a guy for a paint job in Tulsa. Oh. And it's never been seen again. And I would have assumed that when I built this car that that would have surfaced almost instantly and yeah, like nothing. it's still cricket yeah. so nobody's it's fiberglass right we, like we heard the the, the uh, headlight was hanging in a bar somewhere really? went to check it out it was all bullshit yeah, yeah. yeah we heard oh, all kinds of followed things up on it though, oh, yeah, we're trying, yeah. Yeah. wow wow you gotta would, try did Ravel contract Roth to build this in the first place well like, when did Roth have, did let me, let me think now like I don't understand <laughs> that relationship was the my brain is blanking. Was Excalibur or Beatnik? Which one was Excalibur first? Excalibur was first, yeah. 59. So when he built the Excalibur or Outlaw, yeah. Ravel approached him about... They were making models of a lot of crazy stuff back then. Right. So they approached him, and then he did that. And then he figured out that if he built a car, not only could he get royalties from the model car companies, he could also then go to a car show yeah. and sell his t-shirts for free. Oh, because he's enjoying the car. So that's what really motivated Ed to, wow. to build you know, one after the other. He tried to do a new one every year, and it was up until the Orbitron when they, they said no, that he didn't really build any more crazy outlandish bubble type stuff after that. 
Wow. Yeah. So, so it was all all these cars built just to sell model cars, model cars and T-shirts, basically. Yeah. Oh, uh, whatever. You need a patron. Artists yeah. need patrons, uh, and Bell was it. So I think that it makes really sense. should be said though that Ed was not only the first one to do a, a completely one-off fiberglass hot rod, yeah, yeah, or a custom, but the way he didn't let the rules of automotive anything no. influence what he did whatsoever is pretty remarkable. That's actually a really good point because none of that's derivative from anything. Yeah. It's clearly just it's whole purely cloth. It's art. true art. Yeah, yes. it is. Yeah. It's, it's sculpture as much as a Henry Moore is or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's amazing. I, I love that car. So I think we probably have a lot of people in our audience who are not familiar with Roth and Barris. Um, I think maybe a little bit of background, like from your standpoint, what makes them special? Not not necessarily just historically and stylistically, but also when you start building these and start taking them apart, what is it that you notice? What makes what makes them special? Well, they're two very very separate people, for sure. Roth and Barris, right. with two very distinct, I guess you could call it styles or approaches. Yeah. Um, Barris was a million percent Hollywood. He, you know, was the first one to actually make a car a character. A fearless mm. promoter. Yeah. And he promoted more than anyone. And if it was not for George Barris, custom cars would not exist today. And that's 100% true. Huh. There was the a period where, like, every show had, like, had to have, like, a distinctive that's character. That's true. Car. And that was from George. Yep. Yeah, that was all him, right? Yeah. There were years when he did over 30 show cars in a year. Wow. Jeez. As I look back through the, the dates, like 68 might have been the biggest year for all of show cars. It's hard to think we're cool when he was doing that much that cool back then, right? <laughs> I, I mean, it makes us feel like, geez, we're just beginners. But, you know, the, the thing that they have in common is the box didn't apply. They were so far outside the box with, you know, George, a great example is right here, the most famous custom car in the world, and it has sprinkler heads on the front of it because <laughs> he went to the hardware literally store. Literally the first time in my life I noticed right. that that's a, like, it, it's that obvious when you look at it. How did I not see that after all these years? I don't Holy know. Crap, Holy shit. The so the, you know, the, the thruster drum was made out of a paint can, a five gallon paint oh. can. Yeah. You know, all this stuff. He was very, very, very imaginative in what he used, but also a lot like Roth at the same time. Roth used whatever he had laying around. Well, it's so funny because when we were starting off building our calendar cars at Galpin and our accessory manager's name was Bob, so we wanted to do something kind of like Barris. And he goes, well, first thing we got to do is go to a hardware store and look at all the knobs for the yeah. grill. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he was like, exactly right on. And that's, that's what we did. And we ended up building mm -hmm. uh, with George Barris. We did a, a Barris Thunderbird together. And that was like my, my geeky cool thing Ooh. I got to Did to it do have good them. knobs, like hardware store knobs? We on did. There? Love that. They were clear, uh, clear plastic. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah so you can see through them. Stuff? If it's already cool, it's yeah. cool. Stick it on there. And it does look kind of stuck on, but that's what it is. You know, it's meant to be. <laughs> But I, that's hilarious. It's a sprinkler head. Yeah. Like, that's what I skinned my knee on as a kid. Yeah, Aww. these, like, it's funny how the icons, once you dissect them as an adult, they're a little. Yeah, yeah it makes them cooler. They're I a little think. cheesy, yeah. but at the same yeah. way, I, I have so much mad respect for, like, I don't know. I see that as, like, fuck you, I'm using sprinklers. Yeah, that is and cool. It, and it cool. worked. You it know? totally worked. Now we got to get a little bit more creative here. Come up with some wacky uh, shit to put on some cars. <laughs> I feel like we uh, we got we, we got some uh, we got some catching up to do. Yeah, plenty, perhaps. Oh. So uh, now we we've had a chance to film a uh, film, uh, uh, build and film some cars as well. We got mm -hmm. to do uh, Driven, which became Car Kings together. Yes. And Jason, you helped us out on that show. Did, did some writing research. for us yeah, and yeah. research, which was yep. fantastic. Very exciting. Uh, but what was your favorite uh, moment on the show? What was your favorite car to build? Or were there a couple? That was one trip we took. We want a hint. Um, probably my favorite episode and restoration was the record. Well, I knew you were going to say record. I was trying to get to Japan, but yeah, but a little red record. Tell us the story of Little Red Wrecker. This is cool, though. But go ahead, wait, okay. before we leave, right. Little Red Wrecker. interesting, too. Because Red Fox, 
Right. For those of you who don't remember, have like a custom car just for them. There's no well. Like, this this goes back to every TV show sure. needed its Had own car gone. by George Barris. Sanford so Sanford, Sanford and Son. I grew up wa- watching yep. it. Uh, yep. lo- beloved. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Red Fox, who always jokingly like, Weezy, Weezy, yeah. Yeah. going home, Weezy. And uh, I have no idea what you guys are talking yeah, about. You, uh, yeah, yeah, David, David has no idea of pop culture at all. David's just out of his 20s, which is still amazing to me. I don't even understand it. Yeah. Uh, but there was there was television back in the day, uh. and people would turn on the, the anyway. Um, Got the ray tubes. You would have yeah. liked this show because it was all about. So unfortunately, he actually oh, wow. uh, did die of a heart attack, and I think ironically, people thought Red Fox was, was doing faking. his his joke oh, really? when he died of actual heart attack, which Oops. is. Uh, unfortunately, of course, how it happened, but this never ended up being in the show because, unfortunately, he passed away. I don't know how they would have worked it into the context of the show because I remember them being always broke. Was when he won the lottery. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, part. okay. Well, that makes sense because hmm. otherwise it makes no truck. sense. But that makes sense. Yeah. So, poor Red Fox never got his uh, lottery-winning tow truck. Yeah. But we ended up uh, restoring it and, and building it for him. The so. design is fantastic. Also, it really is. Like this extreme cab forward look with the engine behind and the massive glass window. I mean, just just as a vehicle, it's a remarkable looking thing. So yeah, how many cars do you drive by looking through the roof? Yeah. Oh, is that where you're, I yes. guess that's where your head would be. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Holy crap. Center steer. Center steer, with, yeah. With nothing between you and the engine. You're right. Oh, oh it's, it's that, there's no glass behind the, yeah, and that engine, they, the pulley's right behind the <laughs> So I don't know if you know, but Dave doesn't really like me driving the cars. I remember. We, cause we yes. We've been through this. Yeah, yeah. I know. So uh, I actually drove this up and down Hollywood Boulevard oh. about you? 40 times. Does it even have a radio? In like traffic. How long can it actually drive? Well, it, it may have been on the finish. back of a process trailer. Okay. Oh. Uh, but Dave actually <laughs> drove it for real. What was this like driving it for real? That's actually the scariest thing I've ever driven. Wow. And that's saying something. Yeah, it looks difficult. I mean, I drove it from here to gas. For the red carpet thing. That's insane. That's what miles. do you think the horsepower is in that thing? It dynoed at 1100. Oh my god. Oh shit, did it really? Yeah. That's a lot. I didn't know we dynoed that thing. <laughs> it's <laughs> like eight inches behind your head, <laughs> that yeah. front pulley. Oh, if that. Well, Ooh. yeah, and if you give gas, then you just end up in the blower belt. Yeah, is it, is it <laughs> oh even my god. Real suspension or like yeah, that? it has a, the front ends out of a Corvair. And oh, really? The back is a bit. Oh, okay. Still. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. still gnarly, like. Yeah. And, and the other one I would say is behind us. Yes. Yeah, which which so was was magic. The bath as a kid going to the public library and you get the, all the books on hot rods. The bathtub was in every single one of them. It was like on the cover. You always like that car mm-hmm. was a huge part of my childhood. Which to think like they're writing a book for children. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, it's, they it's try to pick something that yeah. The like, everybody it's loves a toilets. Constant. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows about it. Yeah. But that thing was like an icon of like the crazy hot rods. It was always that one. So when you first had it and I saw it unrestored, yeah, I was thrilled. Well, and I'll describe. It, and Dave, you might want to bring this up, uh, but it's basically two bathtubs. <laughs> Okay. Cast iron bathtubs. Cast iron bathtubs with a giant Hemi engine in the middle and then a toilet seat in front that you drive from. You drive on the toilet. It's and massive. by the way, the pedals are uh, uh, toilet paper holders. Oh, yes. Um, and uh, Dave, can you tell us a little bit more about the build of this car? Well, probably the, the craziest thing about this particular oh, this one car. is that it was made to be static. Never so to drive at all it was only a pusher its whole life until we decided to make it drive on the TV show. So by the way, just to start off, sorry, false start here. Yeah. So we go to New Jersey, right? Because <laughs> Dave gets this lead that the barest bu- uh, bed buggy Mm-hmm. And the bathtub are in this guy's garage, so right? These things were not. They're in someone's garage. So they're in someone's really, garage. They're not on display anywhere when you found them. They were oh no no forgotten. no! They're like like forgotten. Okay. No one cared. No one wanted. You know all that kind of stuff. So we we go to this guy and he's he's a little bit odd. He comes out like in his rain boots and and Daisy Duke shorts, <laughs> and uh, then you know proceed to you know go through his garage, which is just stuffed. I mean top to bottom full of shit. And buried in there are the two cars. But the car right in front of us is really cool. It's actually something we were talking about, potentially a world record in, and that is the, what was it? 
Outhouse? The Outhouse. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so this was actually a hot rod that it was a, an, a, a, a driving outhouse. So, you know, to, to try out your world fa, world's right. fastest yeah, shit, yeah, it, was, it would also right, be yeah. appropriate. Yeah. But that one, he said, oh, that's off limits. Yeah, no, this, nice. I gotta this take is a, too nice. I got to take a shit every now and then. Yeah. Yes, uh, the outhouse, yeah. not, not for any price, but I'll sell, you, I'll sell you the bathtub and the bed buggy. Did you get the story of how he ended up with them? Uh, they were bought in the 80s at the Bears auction. Oh. He auctioned off like 80 cars back yeah. then. And they all went for very, very, very little. And I have a few people that I knew bought multiple cars. Oh, wow. And somehow he ended up with those three in Jersey. And it had them for a really long time. Uh, the outhouse he restored himself. Oh, is that why? And, well, the reason he wouldn't sell is I guess he has a wine. He made wine, and that's the logo for the wine. The a shithouse. Yes. <laughs> yeah. shit this it's is what I want you to associate yeah. my wine with. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, every time you take a swig from the bottle. Just think of just sewage. Look yeah. at, yes, think of shitting beautiful in a hole sewage. that you hold onto. Sewage vineyards. So anyway, we're in the garage, and... I immediately, as I'm looking at this thing, think of the Yokohama Hot Rod Show. So and tell, I say, tell us about this a little bit. Like okay. Japan apparently is very into hot rods in a way I feel like a lot of people don't oh. understand. So Japan, <laughs> yeah. I love Japan. We love Japan, <laughs> right? Do. There's yeah. just yeah, no place like it. And they love American car culture. Yeah. And I mean, to the point where it's embarrassing for us because they do it so well. Right. Like <laughs> they have... <laughs> the most amazing car show that's put on by Moon Eyes, and it's hot rods and low riders and customs and the coolest cars you'll ever see. They're completely like dressed period, and uh, they've got clothes and model cars, and I mean, it is the coolest thing. So if you ever get a chance to go to Yokohama for the hot rod show with Moon Eyes, it is the best in the world. So literally, we look for any excuse to get us to Japan, <laughs> right? So it's like, okay. So we get this thing, that's the, the first thing I say, and of course, from then on, we work towards making this a reality. Right. Uh, we happen to pick up the, uh, and Discovery picks up the show, so right. we're doing the show. We talk to Shige from Moon Eyes, mm -hmm. and agree that we're gonna you know, build this car and do it. And I've, when I've, you decide you wanted to make it drivable as opposed to just a pusher? Well, it, to do the Yokohama Hot Rod Show, you yeah, gotta so drive it in, because here's the thing, dude, oh, here's the thing about the Yokohama Hot Rod Show is you feel like a rock star when you're sure. there Hell because yeah. it's it's like being the Beatles. So you're you're outside in this cold, windy, you know, uh, alleyway in the back, and these giant doors like those open up, and there are thousands of Japanese people with cameras and lights and flickering. You literally feel like a rock star, and that's what you drive into. Wow. So we get up there. And we're filming the show. So, no, this is like a year-long fantasy of mine. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, it's literally all of my dreams are coming true in one instance, right? We got our car TV show. We built this ultimate hot rod. To be surrounded by a massive crowd of people in a foreign country on a toilet is exactly. your dream. Exactly. Yeah, see, see, this is why we get along. So um, yeah. uh, we fly up there, literally everything. And by the way, I don't want to... I don't want to miss what, what you did uh, uh, to spend money on there, too, which That's you know fine. what I'm hitting on. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we get there. The doors open up. I go to start it. Blah, blah, blah. It oh. dies. I, Dave goes, starts it again. Blah, blah, blah. The crowd is it right out. It dies. The crowd's yeah, like okay. going, and now people, now people are getting nervous. Yeah. Just push it in. Just push it in. Everyone's saying, just push it in. I'm like, no, no, Dave, we can't push it in. We have to give it one more shot. And just then, my wife, who was running late, shows up, jumps in the back. With that, Dave hits it. That thing freaking starts. And I go on the greatest 100-yard <laughs> drive of my life at a full, maybe three miles per hour, literally wow. the most heart attack uh, <laughs> crazy because think about this too I'm in a bath I mean I, I'm sitting on a toilet yeah. with this Hemi I don't even know how huge of an engine thing this is how many horsepower huge. substantial incredibly loud yeah. driving through a crowd of people God, with yeah. my children in the back <laughs> of it and my wife who you know will not let me live it down if anything goes wrong. Uh, and, you know, thousands of cameras too. And somehow we pulled it off. 
And you couldn't make this stuff up for no, television. It doesn't even seem like it could be real, but it was. So anyway, <laughs> that's that's the story of the bathtub. That's and what I was bringing up about the 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 shininess of this. So yeah. Dave comes to me and goes, "Bo, we got to do this right." So what did you what did you what, uh, well, what did you do? Well, originally when the car was static, it was everything was chromed and it was candied over to be gold. Okay. But what is the candying process? Just so it's well, it's tinted clear okay so but in order to make things drive once you apply heat that yeah. no longer is an option so i sort of plated the whole car in 24 karat gold <laughs> oh my god which so, uh, wait, so all i got the, the bill for all of the gold bits there is gold 24 Holy yes. Shit. Yes. Uh, on on a toilet car, oh which God. is kind of perfectly no, ironic, yeah, it right? Makes sense. So, what did you have to do to get it? How much was so when it was a pusher car? Was there any connection between the engine and the drive wheels at all? Was there a no. drive shaft? Nothing. No. So you had to engineer a drive shaft, some kind of. Well, first we had to we had to re we had to actually I didn't even use the Hemi that was in it. Oh, I yeah. had a whole new 392 built. Right and converted it to a little bit easier transmission to deal with that was a little bit smaller to make room for the fuel tank that it never had, oh. which is between the tubs above the drive shaft. Oh, wow, okay. And uh, build a drive shaft, make the rear end work, yeah. actually put gears in it and all that shit. I had to hide a shifter and an ignition switch and like all the things, sure. the batteries in the toilet. <laughs> Um, it was gnarly to do it without, like, taking away from what it right. was. Right, because you don't have no the visual look. room to change. Yeah. Like, right. Like, the, the superchargers, I imagine, are false, right? They, yes. So that, is there room in there to put anything you need? Or? No, just the giant carburetors in there. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. When that was the problem in Yokohama is there's two things. When you go to Yokohama in the winter, it's like 20 degrees. And because he was driving this car with his whole family in it into a crowd of people, yeah. I put a throttle stop on it. Oh, he's smart. <laughs> he doesn't trust me for anything. Yeah, that just feels Jeez. prudent in general. Okay. Yeah. Well, because of the throttle stop, it wouldn't give it enough gas to start, start cooling. Up. So that's why it was being such an asshole for, yeah, but you fixed for it. a couple hours but man that was gnarly I, you and I have so very different views of that day <laughs> well all, all's well that ends well I mean so yes you got all the stress without the tray on oh fit drive yes. so I was perfect. also stressed maybe not to the same degree then I had to go that. jump in a car and drive in like after exactly. that what did you drive in Tweety oh Tweety that's right Tweety yeah. Pie yeah. 11 million model kits made after Tweety Pie, another mm -hmm. one of the most famous hot rods of all time. Yep. So, Yokohama. Now, what are we gonna? What do we? We got to get to Yokohama next. Yeah, I think this year they're already gonna. They're gonna take the people that they promised. Yeah. Before COVID. Yep. But next year. Next year. Next year, we're probably. Gonna the Atopians take are going to Japan. I just like that. Dude, just like TV shows, you know, they do yeah. these guest episodes yeah, other fun. places. We gotta start we'll yeah, find, doing like, that. the weird tiki mm -hmm. idol and some crazy things will happen like they oh, cool. So what's next? What do we what Speaking are we Speaking real yeah. quick on Tweety Pie, I just found yeah. out something literally last week that I did not know about that car. Oh, do tell. So you know how Norm Grabowski's car was the kooky car? Yeah. Well, up until about two days before that car was Tweety. Wait, 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 wait. We got to we uh huh? Apparently, they were going to use Tweety Pie as Cookie's car, oh. and then they at the last minute switched to Norm's. Okay, give us some context. Oh, no what, what the hell are you talking about? What's the context? Well, pull up the Cookie car. Uh, Norm Grabowski's uh, yeah, Cookie car. I mean, is another one. It's, it's one of the top three most famous tea buckets in the world. Okay, and. Because of that show, that's it, after the Brizio restoration. Yeah. That thing is so cool. Mm -hmm. Just, uh, how would you describe this car to listeners who aren't uh, seeing this? It's based, well, on a, based on a T? Yeah, Yeah, it is a, it's a 23 T. It's, it's literally the perfect early hot rod. Well, the rake on it is tremendous. The rake is so ridiculous. It's yeah. just perfect. And I think like that was the standard for rake. Period. So yeah, for listeners, mm -hmm. yeah. picture a Model T style body, much higher at the rear, leaning forward in like a dramatic 
breakaway, and then uh, how? No hood, a gigantic engine gigantic with headers engine. just sh- shooting right out of it. Yeah. Grill moved behind the front axle. It's fascinating looking. Lots and of when chrome. Did Grabowski yeah. uh, build this? Yikes! I'm not sure. I want to say late fifties. Yeah, I think so too. And Tweedy was sixty-two or something like that, early sixties. So this got converted. No, and it, was, it had the flathead in it and stuff. That was late fifties as well. Oh, was it? Okay. I have that on a on a rotting and restyling cover. Yeah, because first was it called Tweedy Pie before Roth or was that after Roth? I don't think so. Yeah. I know Roth striped it for the previous owner before yeah. he got it. So there's the Grabowski T. Tweedy and Tommy Ivos are the top three yep. of all the tea buckets ever made. Hmm. And so there's our tea bucket story. The, the Tweedy Pie was this before? Well, it was going to be. Well, a, it was going to be used as that car in the show. What show was this? Which show? Dobie, uh, is it Dobie Gillis? No, that's never, a different car. I never watched that it show. Was, I don't know. That was I before my. That's. I was uh, the, the, the David Tracy let's of that say era. It's, uh, yes. Sixty minutes. So it sounds like it's like the entertainment industry. And hot rod culture are just very right linked. Yeah, like like yeah. one one led to the other. And you know, like there was a monkey's car, and like all these shows had yep. their iconic cars. There was even one on uh, that Star Trek episode, the Jupiter. Oh yeah, yeah, like that the, thing's here. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. It's over there. Yeah, yeah. William Shatner. Uh, right. Yeah. And then it became Catwoman's car. And oh. yeah. the Joker car. It was. Yeah, it was. Three. So yeah, like TV shows had to have like an iconic car, and it was. It's a shame that, that that died off. That you don't have a you know Frasier. We got to bring it back. Yeah, we should. So For all the uh, TV execs out there, I know you're brilliant and genius. You need to have the next new idea, they which is copying an old idea. Should have had yes, a car. actually, that's that true. That would be a fun. Canadian bring the style. you know people were into it. Bring the cars back. It'd be fun. People love cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, that, that's voting. what we need. We're we're voting for that. It's <laughs> yeah, good. Man, all right, David. Did you have something you wanted to ask? Uh, Ask Dave. This is the risky part. You can ask opinions of Dave for things, kind of ridiculous things. You can do that. Um, I'm, oh boy. Well, so um, about our cars. Yeah. Just to see what it is. Okay. So um, two OEM dudes, one Chrysler, one GM, both wrenching on their cars in Detroit, looking to move to Los Angeles. You guys have more in common than you realize. True. True. Just different at different edges of the spectrum, but yeah. The art and the science. So the two of us own some cars, and. Um, we want to see what you think about if you were to customize them, what you would do. Yeah, what, what path? Or just in general. I already know how great this is going to go. Yeah, this might be. This will. This is going to. This is going to be very, very short. Yeah. Okay, so, Nissan Pow. That's my car. So, what would you do if you wanted to make that into something custom? Look at that face. Already, I can already feel it. It's, it's Japanese. Go ahead, say your first thought. Japanese. I know your first I thought. I don't know if you could save that. Oh. Okay. <laughs> we got. We got. Ed, we can edit it. We can bleep things. Um, no, I said I don't know if you can save it. Say, oh, save, save, save it. Save oh, it. I, I, I thought you so say that. So there are certain designs that are workable. I thought you were going to just say crush it. That's what I thought you were going to say. No, I don't like crushing things, but I like <laughs> that car isn't. The only thing you could make out of that is a rally car. That's not, okay, oh, he took it. He did serious. Okay, yeah, that's right. That is. It would be awesome, yeah. Okay, I'll take that. I'm going to go to the next one. Before Dave went around. Okay. An FC 170. I feel like there's something to be done with. That actually I actually cool. kind of like those just because they're a COE. Yeah. But um, that one's really fucking ugly. Because <laughs> <laughs> the condition it's in? Well, no, because in general, like, it was an absolutely horrible aesthetic design. But it's, it's one of those things sort of knocking on the door of, like, a Unimog that yeah. could be yeah. cool. Yeah, I think it's interesting in, in a utilitarian kind of, like a skull, kind of way. Like face, yeah, face area, I feel like you can play it that. does. Well, that's literally it looks like a the Jeep. grill out of a Jeep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That they just stuck on a box. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. like. Yeah. All right. All right. So far, but nothing could, really salvageable. Could, I, I feel like we could do something. I mean, cool that there. You could that, do that could be rad as like a four-wheel drive like monster thing. Yeah, monster truck. Okay. What about what about this? No, there's no hope for that. Okay, <laughs> all right. What about that? I, I love how it's that David's favorite. Okay, all right, <laughs> all right. No hope. How about my beetle? What Just a bug. Oh, I actually hate Volkswagen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're over five there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll take a I don't know. Oh, well, the pal. I don't. I don't. I don't understand. There is one thing that I would do to a beetle. And in the '60s, there was a model kit made called a bugaboo, and it was like. 
turn that into like a rail, sort of. Kind of a like rail? A wishbone approach to it? No. Oh, I thought you were going to say the Rolls Royce engine. Or the grill. Okay. Like a sand Just rail put in deal? Bugaboo model car. Okay. I thought for sure. Whoa. Okay, that is cool. That's a deep cut right there. Alright. Okay, that is cool. Go back to the yellow one. There's right underneath the Oh, yeah. There we're talking. Ooh, the bugaboo is cool. That's legitimately cool. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Do you know all of? Do you know every? It's model. a problem. He's got. Yeah. <laughs> he knows them all. If you go in there, you see like every model kit like from this era. Dave has. Yeah. It's incredible. And not only that, has then taken those models and built them into real size cars, like the Zingers <laughs> and all mm -hmm. kinds of stuff. Which a Zinger, by the way, is absolutely ridiculous. Those are those basically an engine with a little mini body over oh, it. Oh yeah. yeah, there's actually a Beetle yeah. in the show. Right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you did a beetle, well, it counts, sort of. Yeah. I'll take it. Um, it was actually really cool. So the beetle, uh, the zingers were like one of my favorite things at the car shows yeah. as a kid. Yeah. And because they were just so ridiculous, like outrageous, I guess you could say. So Chuck Miller and Steve Tanzi built those to promote the model kits. So the, for the first time, that was reverse. Oh, right. The model oh, kit existed before the real thing did. Wow. So, Bob Larrabee Sr., who basically invented indoor car shows, um, contracted Chuck Miller and Steve Tanzi to build these full-scale zingers mm -hmm. because they had model car contests at the car shows in the day. Oh, that's cool. So, I would see these growing up, and I thought they were rad. And I got to know Chuck Miller really well over many 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 years of car shows and all these things and i asked him if he still had the molds and so cool. he said yeah i'll i'll pop one of the bug bodies out of the mold for you oh wow oh really so so the one that i built i got the body from him and built the rest oh i didn't know that so yeah learning new stuff and then the, the and chuck miller built the fire truck by Back there, Chuck by the Miller way. did build the fire truck that oh, won yeah. Riddler in 68. We, we did the video with that one. Yes. That was an amazing one, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that was fun. Yeah. The, the, the dune buggy zinger. Oh, yeah. I found that body at the cruise auction swap meet. Oh, no kidding. Just a body by itself and then built the rest when I moved here. Actually. So the body was probably made by them as well. Yeah. Huh. That's so yep. cool. Mm-hmm. So, so some of these cars you find in some random garage. Some of the, some of them you just you can't find. We have to make them. Well, like I have a. After I guess, I've probably restored more historic show cars than anyone, and because Easy. of that, they find me. Okay, yeah, that happens after a while, and, right? And you know, he he can tell you like about every other week. I'm like, hey, I found this. Do we want this? Do we not want this? Whatever. Um, and I have a running list of shit that's sitting that people aren't ready to sell yet. But check in every now and then. I know we're all. You still all but pissed like he missed cars. the Pac-Man car. Yeah, yeah, that, oh, well, yeah. I was just looking at that on the wall. Yeah. I didn't. Well, we didn't miss it. Like that <laughs> was it was shitty. But I'm happy that my friend John got it. Good. So he because he's a really good dude. And he's got a lot of great stuff, and it goes well, and plus he'll let me play with it. Hey, David, have you ever heard of Mork? No. Mork is this from Mork? An alien, yeah. No, an alien. You've never heard of Ork? Or Mork from Ork? Oh, um... Is, mm. Robin Williams. Very early Robin Williams. Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't no think so. Did, he have, did they have a custom, like, egg-based... Yes, you got it. And, and it was the Pac-Man, actually. Which was first? The oh. Was it was Bork? it the Mork car first? Bork. and then? Oh, yeah, because it was on the show. Yeah. Wasn't it on, like, the uh, Just put the credits or something? Just put Mork egg car. He had... I remember okay. his egg capsule. Yes. Yeah, the, the capsule. That, I don't think this was ever on the show. No. Because oh, there it is. is. But the capsule it looks Larrabee like... Commissioned Man, Orkin Engineering oh, is always impressive and, to see. Uh, Orkin Engineering. There it is! Yeah, that oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Rod Powell from NorCal built that and then later changed it into the Pac-Man so car for him. Built this one probably, what, late 70s, 78, something like that? Mm, maybe around 80. Around 80. 
Well, because it took around. a little while for the the TV show to actually get right. kind of popular. Great show. came out in like 81, so it would probably, that makes sense timeline-wise. Yeah. Oh. No, this is, this, I have to say, this is all all new uh, to me. That's and probably that, that picture of the egg car is, I think, still the most liked photo I ever posted on Instagram. <laughs> really? Close to 50,000 likes. It's an amazing photo. Oh. Any way you look at that it. one. Yeah. Well, David, there's a whole world out here, man. See, now you sort of appreciate it. I did really? find the egg. Really? Really? Yeah. Okay, we got to so talk. So this one has <laughs> equal-sized wheels, front axle, rear axle. That's kind of unusual. Indy cars were a big... Is that what influenced that That's day? back when the, the ice truck and the, the pizza wagon. Oh, all, yeah, all those. Everything had Indy tires on it back wow. then, and Indy wheels and independent suspension. That was like the new next obvious trend to go ah. to. Okay, so Dave, what do we have coming up next? What are you working on now? You can show, hopefully, before too long. I think the thing that's really going to blow people away, uh, the double-decker bus is coming back oh, next week. This is so cool. To get the, the upper level done. We've seen that in the shop. So a London double-decker bus, except uh, what's it going to be used for now? So now it's a full lowrider on hydraulics that will be a taco truck with a rooftop VIP bar. Yes. And, and it's drivable, right? This is not a static. It's drivable. Drive. It's front wheel drive now. Is this actually. the biggest hot rod you've ever worked on? What, like a Toronado drivetrain or something? What do you do? I, that? It's, it's similar. I used the 76 GMC motorhome. Oh. Old 455 oh, yeah, and yeah, transaxle that's and everything. Related, right. Oh, that's cool. Um, I'm really excited for it to be over, and I'm never doing anything that big again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll stick to hot rods and things like yes. that. Right. All right. Dave, I'm yeah. excited to hear all this stuff. It was great. Thanks. Thanks for coming yeah, out. This was fun. Thank you, Dave. Yeah, and uh, uh, here, in, here in Dave's home with the coolest cars uh, on earth, in my opinion. So uh, thanks, Dave. We appreciate it. And thank you all for listening to the Autopian podcast. We will be uh, next week back uh, yeah, talking like Yoda <laughs> and having fun and talking about cars and shit. Yeah. So here we go. All we have